0: Why don't you turn to your neighbor? We're going to be talking about friendship today. Turn to your neighbor and ask, who was your first friend and how did you meet them? Who was your first friend ever and how did you meet them? Okay, this is that asking a pre question is something that we do in Richland Focus a lot, um, just to kind of get our you know our juices flowing. Uh, But yeah, I'm Sandra. I am one of the campus pastors with Focus at Richland. Um, I have been oh yeah, some some of Richland students go to this church and are visiting here today. Um, Yeah, I've been on staff for. Uh, This is my eighth year, the end of my eighth or my ninth, I've lost count, but I have been uh, part of uh, focus in this church community for about like 14-ish years, so it's been quite a while. I'm so excited to be preaching uh, this morning to you guys about one of my favorite topics, which is friendship. So before we dive into that, um, if you guys are not aware, we've been talking about the practicals, and I'm not going to lie, I think the first time that when Garrett explained that we were doing a series on practicals, both Sarah and I went up to him, we're like, what does that mean? Like, what are the practicals? And, um, and yeah, and I'm really thankful that he chose to the sermon series because we've been talking about things like work and outreach and worship and generosity. And, um, yeah, and I originally, I was a little bit confused on why our church needed to hear this topic, but I'm super thankful and encouraged that as a church, we're spending time talking about the mundane things of life, um, that because God is at work in the mundane, and that is super important. And, and I'm using this word mundane like pretty liberally here, because I don't think any of these things should be considered mundane, but they can become mundane to us once we stop tending to them. Um, in Genesis 2, we are, we're told that uh, the Lord God placed man in the Garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. So our work, our rest, our outreach, our generosity, all of this can get neglected if we are not paying attention to them. So this is what the sermon series is about, the practicals. And we're inviting uh, you to come and and tend to them and watch over them. Uh, Because some of these areas of our life, like they need a weed whacker and need some tending to. So... Yeah, this morning we're going to be talking about the practicals of friendship. Um, And there's a lot of good stuff out there on friendship. There's for for uh, not for whatever reason, I think that we're seeing uh, an incline on loneliness. And so outside of the church, uh, the our culture is also talking about the importance of friendship. And I have been really uh, just blessed to hear all of this contact on friendship before the sermon and encourage that uh, even people outside of the church are also talking about it. I I recently listened to this episode um, from the Ezra Klein podcast on friendship, and one of the things he, I think this is how he starts off the episode, he says around 40% of people who marry eventually get a divorce. Almost half of children are born to unmarried women. The number of close friends Americans report having has been on a steep decline since the 1990s, especially among men. Millions of us are growing old alone. We are living out a radical experiment in how we live, how we love, how we parent and age, and for many, it's failing yeah I highly recommend that episode because in in so many ways, I was just thankful for friendship and um, and it was cool hearing like a secular podcast talk about like how like it's it 's even elevating uh aspects of friendship and the importance of friendship, and in so many ways hearing it, I was like, this is in line with how Jesus values friendship so that podcast episode. Um, a friendship talk that Sophie, one of our campus pastors at UTA uh, did recently, reflecting on my own friendships and scripture. These all have inspired this sermon and practicals of friendship. So yeah, I love friendship. I love talking about friendship. I I think one of the best gifts from God is the gift of experiencing friendship. I have been deeply transformed uh, through friendships with many of the people in this room. And throughout my sermon, I am going to be mentioning them and honoring some of those friends. Um, as a freshman at UNT, uh, I met people in focus in 2010, and the friendships in focus are what compelled me to join this community and to commit to this community. My life has been so rich, is so rich because of friendship. Some of the the benefits um, of having deep godly friendships I've seen in, in these different areas, and and spiritual growth my friends encourage me to imitate christ to seek god they challenge me and they correct me they also offer support and encouragement Um, the past two and a half years i've just been going through some stuff with my family and i have a brother but just thinking about that time, I was like, I needed more than a brother. I needed a lot of sisters and brothers and father figures to walk with me through, that, through those hard seasons. Um, I also uh, benefit by receiving a lot of uh, fun. <laughs> I love having fun and um, having friends Yeah, offers that. Um, friendships have taught me how to be a more thoughtful person, how to withstand conflict, and how to love my family more. And I could go on. Um, There really are so many benefits uh, to spiritual friendships. Yeah, but to me, friendships are not, not only a vital importance to our overall being as people, but they are also, I would consider they're crucial to the health of our marriages, to the health of our families, to our church, and to our work. So, so, so to talk about these practicals, um, it was really difficult to narrow down. It's like, what does it mean to be, like, practical? What are practicals of friendship? Because I think in my experience of, like, being in this community, like, I was convinced pretty, pretty quickly um, that friendships were going to be a crucial uh, part of my life and vital for my health. And I've been doing these things so often, these practicals, that they feel like they're, they've always been natural. But the truth is, they're not natural. They're habits and they're practices that I have just spent time uh, fostering and doing that they now feel natural. Mutual faithfulness and commitment to friendship is enriching and is needed, and I want us as a church community to cultivate good friendships. So, um, yeah, for our time today, when I'm talking about practicals of of friendship, I'm referring to our friendships outside of marriages, people that are not our romantic partners. I do think that these practicals are going to be, like, super helpful in our relationships and in our marriages, but we are going to focus on our relationships outside of that. Um, I do want to give a disclaimer. I feel like... In a lot of ways, I am in a unique position with uh, my, my job, flexibility, and um, I live with roommates, and, and I understand that each of us are coming in from, like, different places with different jobs. We have different schedules and responsibilities, and I, like, want to honor those differences. On a Sunday morning, I usually, like, I can sleep in until 8.30. I know that's not many of y'all's lives, so I do want to honor that and understand that. Um, but I also want us to see that the way that like we go about American life, it does really get in the way of friendships. Uh, American life, it's it's squeezing the life out of friendships, right? Um, and I think some of the the reasons why it's because our culture it overemphasizes work, it overemphasizes romantic relationships, um, it overemphasizes the need for like suburban life that which forces us to live far away from people that we're close to. I think our use of entertainment as well that we have now our American culture emphasizes that entertainment is the way that we can uh, rest and unwind and that has replaced friendships Um, and we've created conditions where it's easy to stay disconnected from people. I think all of these things and probably a lot more like play a role in this. So when we have You know, all of these things that I mentioned going on, it's easy to buy into the idea that I don't have time for friendships. I don't have time for people, or I'm too tired to spend time with people. Um, And I want to say that I think some of those statements, and I've heard some of these statements, I have also been a part of of saying those things. Um, Those statements of, like, not having enough time or I'm too tired are a threat, and they undermine Jesus' example and commands on friendship. Every time that we give in to this idea that we're too tired or um, I don't have time, they become a threat to friendship. So my sermon this morning is not to like make you feel uh, bad for saying that you are tired. There are several reasons for you to feel tired or like you don't have time. And I do think that people's lives um, are legitimately more exhausting or more floor right now than others. But I also think that some of us are just not used to the work that mature adult friendships take. Um, That is one of the big biggest shifts and transitions going from like college where a lot of my time with friendships was unplanned and easy to like after college. It's like yeah with with all the schedules and work and kids and marriages, like, it does going to take a lot more work to stay and, and remain connected to those friendships. So, and, um, yeah, in John 15, Jesus tells us, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. This, when, when thinking about friendships, this, this um, scripture is very challenging because Jesus is inviting us to love like he has loved us. And that carries a lot of weight. Uh, Because, yeah, just from this verse alone, Jesus is telling us that what love means is to lay down our lives for our friends. And how do we imitate Jesus' way of friendship? I think uh, a big way in order to move uh, closer to believing and living out Jesus' radical words, we need to fight against the very things things that make experiencing Christ-like friendships hard. We need to fight against those things. It starts by realizing that friendship's greatest enemy can be our own desires and expectations. Some of those desires can look like the desire to spend most nights at home because that is what's most restful. Desire to do what sounds the most fun and to hang out with whoever sounds the most fun to to us. Desire to avoid vulnerable uh, conversations. The desire to avoid vulnerable conversations, the expectation that I can't hang out with friends when I'm tired, the expectation that it needs to be a planned hangout weeks in advance, <laughs> expecting that it has to be outside of the home. And I think we could just add to the list of like expectations that we set for friendships. And I think what Jesus is inviting us, if we have these expectations, that this He's inviting us that this posture needs to die. If we are pursuing friendships like Christ, these expectations also need to die with it. Jesus is flipping the way that we think about friendship. His commands on friendship, they're not based on easiness. They're not optional. They're not based on any sort of personal preference, preference. But instead, they're sacrificial. They're stable. They're permanent and binding, And what I mean by those things, I know that they're not words that we uh, commonly use to define friendships, but for a friendship to be sacrificial, what I'm saying is that uh, Christ tells us that we're putting the well-being of our friends above our own comfort and desires. That's what it means to be sacrificial. When I'm talking about stability and friendships, I'm saying that stable Christian friendships are built on a shared foundation of faith in God. They can also endure challenges and disagreements because the core connection is built on something deeper rather than, like, any fleeting circumstance. That's what stability in Christ-like friendships means. And then, um, yeah, friendships are permanent. I don't... um, yeah, by permanence, I'm not saying that the friendships are never going to change. Like, transitions are a natural part of life. Um, but what I'm saying is that uh, they uh, can reflect permanence by uh, ad- adopting loyalty in our friendship, right? This level of, like, I am loyal to you no matter what transition. I, it is important for me to continue getting time with you even if these transitions happen, even if we're in different, we love using the word seasons, even if we're in different seasons, I am going to be a permanent friend to you. And then the last one is binding. A binding friendship shares mutual commitment to love and to support. So that is two people coming together and deciding, like, I am committed to you. That is what binding is. It's kind of like a a vow, it's like the same vows that that we make and probably elevate to only marriage, I am inviting you to make that as well with friendships. Friendships do require immense thoughtfulness from our part, and we have to go against the grain of how the culture thinks of of friendships. Because I, I feel like I can totally see the same ways that our culture thinks about friendship, it's seeping our way into our church communities. And when I was, yeah, reflecting on on the sermon, and and one thing I really love about our church, and I never doubt that our church, yeah, uh, does this, is that when there is a new person that's visiting, like, we are the most hospitable community ever. Um, yeah, we have, yeah, we all know that, yeah. Like so many people are talking to that one person. We are inviting, we are welcoming, and that is a great first step in building friendship. And I really do think that we're like, we got that down. <laughs> um, but I do have questions about like, how good are we at having deep, sacrificial, stable, permanent, and abiding friendships? Because if we're just, you know, if the only importance is to, like, meet someone, but we don't know what the next step in hospitality is, then the friendship is just going to die there, right? Then we just met them, um, but the goal isn't these, like, deep, sacrificial, um, stable, and permanent friendships. So I want us to, yeah, to be reflecting on uh, the way that our hospitality looks as a church, Before we get into these uh, practicals that I've written out, I wanted us to, I think an important part before thinking about friendship is reflecting uh, on our own friendships. And reflecting, just having kind of like a a state of the union with yourself and asking, yeah, like, who are my friends? Who are my friends? How often do I see them? How often do I talk to my friends? Um, Do they reflect sacrifice, stability, and debt? Do I know what's going on in their life? Like, do I know what's going on in the life of my friends? And, And am I able to speak truth and wisdom to them? Do they know what's going on in my life? I think that's an important aspect. Are they able to speak truth and wisdom to me? Am I open to making commitments to my friends? Okay, I know that that's, that's a lot of questions. I put them on the slide so you guys can take a picture. And I encourage you to take some time this week to like reflect on them. Because these are some, um, yeah, some challenging questions, especially if we feel like we're in that in-betweens so of like, I don't really know who my friends are. This is a good way to start. Um, but I would say, I added this last question, am I open to making commitments to my friends? Because if the answer is no, if you're not ready to make commitments to your friends, you probably shouldn't be having any serious friendships. But if you are open to, to commitment, I think these practicals um, will only enrich your friendships. Yeah, I'm not saying. Yeah, these none of these practicals are just like you need to go get new friends. This is you know deepening the friendships that you already have. And if you are in a place where you're like I don't have any friends, maybe it's an encouragement to go and pursue some friendships. So my first practical uh, for this morning is be curious. Um, yeah, I think curiosity is the key to a lot of deepening of friendships. I think of, um, yeah, of people like like Hannah Mason and Sierra. Like, they will ask, they're, they're, they're two of my roommates, and they're here this morning. They will ask you, like, 10 questions about one thing that you're interested in. And that, like, the fruit of that, like, they know a lot of people. They're just curious people. So what I mean by this is, like, be someone who is asking questions. Ask people about their lives, their relationship with God their marriages their conflicts like those just be a curious person (laughs) um part of also being curious is uh an invitation to be honest Mm -hmm. share what's actually going on in your life if people are asking you questions that are a lot deeper invite them to walk with you and um, through any hardships and any stuff that's going on don't hide. I love, I feel like Anna. if you are in small group with Ana or you're friends with Ana Lemons, you know what's going on in her life. And, <laughs> and I love that about her. I feel like that that's something that she models really well, that she is sharing like a hardship. She's there. I just had this thought. I had this dream. What, did it, what does it mean? And, this, and she uses friendship as a way to like, let me confess this and share what's going on and invite you to speak into it. Um, I think, yeah, there's a lot to learn from Anna. Because even when Anna does that, it encourages me to be more honest and truthful as well. Part of of being curious is also actively listening. Um, That's a big thing right now. Uh, But yeah, Scripture tells us be quick to listen and slow to speak. I think in conversation, we're often like... I already have something I want to talk about as they're, they're, they're talking. Or it's like, oh, I already want to, like, interject as they're talking. But, yeah, but just active listen. Just try to get to know know that person well. One of the the axioms that we use in our focus ministry is, a lot is seek to understand before being understood. This is part of active, active listening. That we're trying to understand, like, yeah how does this person think and what do they need to hear from me right now what do they need to hear from God I and mean, I think sometimes we can jump the gun and say the wrong thing because we uh, were quick to speak instead of listening the second practical I have is be vulnerable be vulnerable uh, I think a big part of being vulnerable in friendships is knowing is opening yourself up to being challenged and opening yourself up to being encouraged. Yeah, I have a lot of um a lot of stories like this. I um and sometimes this this vulnerability Uh, comes at at a time that I'm like oh man like we're in a public place and like that's totally okay like last Sunday like we were out to um, we went out to lunch with a couple of girls and I was just telling Sarah in the middle of lunch like this is something hard that's going on Um, but yeah but I'm opening myself up in that conversation for her to like encourage me and to challenge me in case I need it. But that is part of friendship. And if you're not willing and open to uh, be challenged or encouraged, then you're not being vulnerable. My third practical here is reevaluate your vision of married life to prioritize friendships, both for you and your spouse. I think one of the things, in in our outside of our culture, but also in our church culture, is that we have swung one way only to where our spouses have become our best friends, and then we hope that our spouses then like they need to have we need to have everything in common with them, hobbies. Every they're the ones that challenge me and encourage me, and I think we are reaping the consequences of that mentality because more and more people are now seeing like there are unhappy marriages. The divorce rate is only getting higher, and I think it's because we've set that expectation for ourselves, that our spouses should be our best friends. And therefore, like, yeah, we don't prioritize any friendships outside of that context. I'm really thankful to have um, yeah, I haven't really felt like the the transition of my friends getting married and like abandoning me. I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm super glad to have friends that are married and are inviting me into those conversations. As someone that's not married, it's so helpful hearing like, this is what's going on. I'm not othered, I'm not like being told like, hey, you have nothing to contribute because you're not in that same stage of life. But it's very enriching to me to be invited into, yeah, those parts of of marriage that um, I have questions on. And also, they invite me to challenge if, um, yeah, if they need to be challenged. Yesterday morning, uh, our roommates uh, had a couple of women from Northeast over for breakfast. And I, like, left and I was just, my heart was just rejoicing that Zebby and, and Julie and Amy Million like, prioritized part of their Saturday, mor- Saturday morning to come spend time with us. That we weren't, yeah, their, their first instinct wasn't like, oh, like, what do they want? Like, oh, we have nothing in common. It's like, but they prioritize coming and, and having breakfast with a bunch of uh, 30-year-olds. And that was so enriching to me that they, I see them prioritizing, prioritizing friendship. Uh, my fourth practical is make ha- hangouts less of a big deal, which this, this made me crack up because it's part of our dating talk. Is that why we're laughing? Okay. Okay. Part of our, our focus dating talk, we always say, like, make dates best, less of a big deal. Like, don't go, go out for coffee or whatever. But I think this also applies to friendships where you have to make hangouts uh, less of a big deal. If your life is busy, if you really do feel like, I don't have any time, like, how can you be more creative? Um, how can you grow in flexibi- flexibility? And I think part of, of maintaining friendships and why it's hard is because we made it such a big task. Like, it has to be in the calendar. We have to go eat somewhere. We have to meet halfway. We have to spend money. and um And then it does become a big deal. But if we... We can make hangouts uh, less of a big deal by inviting people into our homes. It's okay, like nothing's gonna go wrong if you invite someone and you are folding your laundry, or if you are cleaning your house. Uh, Last week, uh, Joey was over at my house, and we—he helped me rake some leaves, and we were just like on different parts of the yard, like updating each other's lives while we raked leaves. Like that to me was so meaningful. And we got it done. <laughs> he Help me out. Um, invite yourself over. That to me is so, like, yeah, I think it it's, uh, would be so enriching. And it's so weird to me that when, when we don't feel comfortable at inviting ourselves over. Anna, I'm talking a lot about Anna. Anna, like, has no uh, filter. Um, but she invites herself over all the time and, and is, like, like, can me and Frankie come over? Or, like, how are y'all, like, how are y'all celebrating the Super Bowl? Like, all of these things, and then she's, like, there, but I love that, that she, there is that, um, yeah, like, uh, familiarity to, like, be able to do that. She's not inconveniencing us, and also, like, I, one of the, the, the sweet things about friendship is, like, okay maybe it doesn't work out this time like victoria lives in wiley i've been richardson she went to north park and was like hey i'm going to north park can i stop by and she did for like less than an hour and that was like at great for our friendship that there is these um it's okay to have these unplanned hangouts and they're become yeah less of a big deal that wasn't planned time another way to make these hangouts less of a big deal um, is, a, is by texting people when you're thinking of them. Yeah. I think that's a, a missed opportunity most of the time that we're wondering how people are doing and then it kind of dies there. Uh, but yeah, text them. Use your time at church to catch up with people. April Beal is really good at this. Uh, and I feel like most of the time on Sunday mornings that we get time together, she's asking me about my life, she's speaking into it, and she's also inviting me uh yeah and what's going on in her life use the time at church to talk to people and then the the last thing for this uh making us less of a big deal is just utilizing your time in the car to make phone calls or go on walks and make phone calls like that um yeah i feel like i spend a lot of time on the phone talk to Mandy. Mandy also (laughs) spends a lot of time on the phone, but that's how you get a lot of these quick updates. Like, maybe, yeah, like, you won't get to see someone weekly, um, but before the next time you hang out, like, give them a phone call. In 20 minutes, you can get a lot of updates. Um, And then my last practical for friendships is praying. Pray, pray, That God will give you creativity for how to include friendships without feeling that I need more time. Pray that your friendships will deepen and that they continue to mature into Jesus' vision for friendship. Pray that as a community, we might begin to view ourselves as profoundly committed and bound to each other out of a great love for God and out of great love for one another. Let's pray. Almighty God, source of all love and connection, we give thanks for the gift of friendship, for the companions who walk beside us on life's journey, who share our laughter, our tears, our joys, and sorrows. Grant us the wisdom to recognize those who place in our lives as friends, to those you place in our lives as friends. Open our hearts to receive their love and offer ours in return. May our friendships be rooted. In mutual respect and understanding. May we be sources of encouragement and support for one another, holding each other accountable and living according to your will. Help us to be faithful friends, offering forgiveness and compassion. May our friends deepen our faith and bring us closer to you. In your name we pray, amen.